You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Inside Purple and Gold. All right, we're back with Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dane Mizutani on Odyssey's Vikings podcast. Uh, looking ahead to Vikings week four <clears throat> matchup in London against the Saints. We'll do a full preview in Thursday's episode. Until then, uh, Dane, this is a 2 and one team, and I think in a lot of ways people feel great about the Vikings from that respect. Um, you know, you're tied for the division lead. You have the tiebreakers. There aren't that many good teams in the NFC, so like, you know, if you're two and one, you're looking like you're set up in a good position to be a playoff team. Uh, but yet, I do think a lot of people see the struggles, like, and maybe the shortcomings of this group right now and where it's at. Uh, there are multiple ways to see that. ESPN has like, you know, their their estimated points added on offense and defense, and you can see charts of like where do every team rank. And the Vikings are the only two and one team in the NFL with negative estimated points added on offense <laughs> and defense. So like there's a chart and all the bad defenses are on the left, all the bad offenses are on the bottom and the only team, and it's pretty close to average. Like they're almost zero for both of them, but they are negative. The only two and one team in the bottom left quadrant um, is your Minnesota Vikings. Um, and I, I think people kind of see that in the sense of like, I asked on Sunday, I put out a poll and I said like, what grade would you give this team right now? Given everything you've seen. Uh, and, 58% of people said C and 34% said B 7% said D. I didn't put F as an option. That's not fair for a two and one team. And only 1% said a, um, which, which frankly, like at the start of the year, if you saw the schedule, you'd say two and one, I'd be like, great. It's a really good start. Uh, but I think just the way we've seen it and the concerns, like it's obvious they're there and people see that like a C is about what you give it this team every year for the last five, six years. Um, so like it looks the same. Um, but and also, I guess, like, the NFC teams, yes, there aren't many good ones right now. But, like, that's going to change by the end of the year. Some teams are going to get better, and you're going to be like, wow, they're better than we thought. And so that's the Vikings' path, too, I think. Like, who, how are they going to be a team where it's like, okay, here's what they look like now. But by week 17, you're like, this is a good team. Uh, so what's the path to success? But first, you have to, you know, diagnose the issues, and then you can come up with the antidote. So let's start out offensively. And this was a group that I think, you know, we thought could be like a top 10, top five offense. And it has not been that um, 28 points last week even was deceiving. Uh, it struggled for many parts of the game against a poor defense, specifically the passing game, Dane. Um, how would you fix this? Kirk, Justin Jefferson isn't getting the ball enough. Uh, it, you know, the other guys, frankly, are struggling to be make big impact plays. Like what's your antidote for what kind of ails this offense, specifically the passing offense? I would simply get Justin Jefferson the ball more. And and I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, um, but Kevin O'Connell talked yesterday. Uh, Justin Jefferson played 72 offensive snaps, all of them, on Sunday against the Lions. Kevin O'Connell estimates after watching the film back, he was double-covered or bracketed or had another guy besides the safety and help 
more than 60 of those snaps. So I think he said eight or nine times Justin Jefferson was singled up. Well, I think on those eight or nine times, like the ball just goes to him no matter what. Um, you, you know, I guess if it's a run play, whatever, like if, if it's a pass play and he's singled up, I think you almost force feed him the ball. I also think like it's okay to get him the ball on like a, you know, like a tunnel screen or like a, you know, in space, like a swing route, move him around. Like, you know, you saw it in, in week one against the Packers. How did they score on that fourth and one play? They motioned Justin Jefferson in the backfield, kind of like how the Green Bay Packers have used Devontae Adams for the past decade. And they got him the ball basically behind the line of scrimmage and let him kind of run just free into the end zone. I think there are creative ways to get your best player the ball, even if it's not down the field. Don't let that double team, don't let that safety help over the top come into play. It's not like Justin Jefferson's getting the Calvin Johnson treatment where they just used to put three guys on him and be at, at the line of scrimmage and say, like, beat three guys and press man. Like, he's just getting help over the top or help over the middle. So I think you can you can hit him with quicker routes, um, just just something to get him the ball in space. Um, I think that's where your offense is going to kind of falter moving forward. Like, yes, they put up 28 points the other day against the Detroit Lions, but 14 of those points were in the fourth quarter when it, it was kind of frantic. I don't think you can bank on that moving forward. I also don't think you can bank on an Adam Thielen who – like we've talked about it has taken a step back a KJ Osborne who was invisible before his two 28 yard catches. I think the identity of this offense is, and is going to continue to be Justin Jefferson. So get him the ball, figure out creative ways to get him the ball in space. Um, don't just accept, Oh, he's being doubled. We're going to just give the ball to, you know, Justin Jefferson's being doubled. So that means Adam Thielen or KJ Osborne or Irv Smith are open. Like, no, find ways, creative ways to get him the ball. That's why Kevin O'Connell was brought to town. Yeah. Um, you talked about like the motion of what worked against Green Bay. I will give like Detroit and Philly credit. Like they were just, they were just having that guy go like the corner run with Justin Jefferson. It wasn't like all the passing off that Green Bay did, which led to a lot of confusion and a lot of wide open wide receivers. Um, and frankly, like Minnesota diced that up because like Green Bay was just losing guys. Uh, like it was Jeff Okuda. Like if Justin Jefferson ran in motion, Jeff Okuda went in motion. Um, and, you know, so they consistently kept that coverage there, which I think took some of that away. But I do think you're right. Like, okay, there are more like, eight to 10 yard routes where you can get Justin Jefferson, the ball in the middle of the field. That's where like the bracket coverage isn't going to come into play as much. Justin Jefferson can win there, get the ball and then see what he can do with it. Yeah. You might not be able to hit like the, okay, 40 yard crossing route, you know, across the middle of the field for a big play, but there are other ways to just make sure that he's constantly staying within the offense. Um, and now, okay. If you're hitting that again and again, then maybe you're going to get them to bite and find something deeper for Justin Jefferson later. This sounds dumb, but like, the biggest issue that's been diagnosed that I've noticed like in these past two weeks is teams blitzing up the middle like the Vikings get destroyed. Uh, they just have had no solution for it. And Kirk Cousins, I think it's really like created a little bit of panic in his mind, like the happy feet of whether the pressure's there, like when it's coming, it's just get rid of this thing as quickly as possible. And it's led to some bad decisions. And then even when it's not coming, like it, it's still in your mind to some degree. That's where I think he deserves credit for kind of flushing that out of his mind when there was no pressure on the final drive of the game. Um, and certainly he did not have happy feet there. He stood in there and he delivered, he made the throws. Uh, but like teams are going to keep coming up the middle because it's just, it's an obvious success <clears throat> formula right now against this offense. So here's my pitch. Leave somebody back there to help protect and have it be CJ ham. 
You just gonna go, bring you, him in and pass pro all, yeah, all, all day. In pass yeah. pro, especially in obvious pass situations. Like, you know, like the running backs and checkdowns we've seen, it's not that successful anyway. Who's to say CJ Ham can't do that just kind of as well? And when he has to stick in there, how many times do we see a running back? Okay, I'm sitting in here. I'm the running back. I saw this happen like in many games Sunday. The guy just gets run over anyway. Um, and so it hardly does anything. It's like, well, we had a guy there and he got beat. Put in a guy who actually blocks. Like, let's have some CJ Ham take on some blitzes up the middle and be like, okay, he can actually stuff this so we can continue the play versus like, there's Dalvin Cook. Oh, he got beat. Oh, Kirk, run. Like, I mean, I just think like in some of these situations, third and seven, third and eight, if we all know what's coming, if we all see what's coming and Kirk's not going to address it at the line of scrimmage, maybe have some personnel who can do something about it. Uh, that's my pitch. More CJ Ham in the backfield on third and longs. I don't think we've seen hardly any of like Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison winning in the receiving game on third and eight this year. So uh, let's just go with the guy who maybe can protect a little better and give your actual receivers a chance to make a play. Like Irv Smith has been the the hot route anyway. Like mm-hmm. it's it. So like what what's the difference if it's Dalvin Cook or CJ Ham back there? I like it. Any anything to get CJ Ham on the on the field more. I, That's I'm also what I'm saying. He's a solid player that the Vikings have almost no use for. Now they did in, against Detroit because they went back to like we cannot spread it out uh, because we cannot successfully do this as a team. So let's go in with some fullback. Let's let's have two in the backfield. Let's have CJ Ham lead block. Like let's play action and throw the tight ends like we always used to do um, before Kevin O'Connell got here. Like it was a ton of that. But it's like okay, nobody wants that to be the answer. And maybe right now that's the best answer with Kirk Cousins in this offensive line, but nobody wants that to be the answer. So try to do what you want to do, Kevin O'Connell, but maybe think of more creative solutions to pull it off. You can do some creative things with the fullback. Kyle Juszczyk in in San Francisco. He does that. He is oftentimes, they have definitely had Kyle Juszczyk as the shotgun running back uh, before. Yeah. Often for protection purposes. And, and he can, we've seen with Kyle Juszczyk, like he can toe tap on the sideline. Like CJ Ham's an athlete. Like he's not just like this bruising fullback. Like the, the Gophers used to have a player named Co Keefe. He played tight end. He plays tight end or he plays fullback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now that dude is just a fullback. Like he just, he's a big guy who just is a lead blocker or just like a, basically an extra lineman. CJ Ham is an athlete. So I'm, I'm all in favor of your, get him on the field more, Jace. Um, you want, maybe, maybe we go out to Vikings tomorrow on Wednesday and we don't ask Kevin O'Connell questions. We just tell him, Hey, um, you should well, play CJ Ham more. Here's how you do that. You go, you go and you ask the question, why haven't you used CJ Ham more as the pass protector in shotgun situations? <laughs> it's a question, but it's just very much like a, here's what I think you should do. You do it. <laughs> That's how the media pushes along their agenda. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious in general, like Kirk's yards per attempt are horrible, horrific. Um, And I'm wondering, like part of that's probably pressure. Part of that's Justin Jefferson's getting taken out and he's probably the deep route a lot of times. So like it's leads to like Irv Smith check downs, but like, are we sure that this isn't who Kirk is now? Like he hasn't, he's always, he's been a guy who's at least had some capability of moving the ball down the field, but I don't feel like we've seen that very much this year. Oh, and he loves the check down. I think I think a lot of this probably stems from your last point about the pressure, like the interior pressure. Uh, he's always been a little skittish in the pocket, and I think that uh, the more you you deal with that, he's dealt with that throughout his career, but not well. And it's been a plagued issue this this season so far. 
I think that's why Kirk's just looking to get the ball out quickly, not hang in there. He's hung in a couple times, and he deserves credit for that. He's made some pretty good throws this year while hanging in the pocket. But more often than not, it's like, how can I get this ball away quickly so I don't get smoked? Um, and you, you see things like that when – and it's anecdotal, but it, it, it's become part of Kirk's kind of intestinal being. Is like third and five, throw it the three yard route to Irv Smith. Who's blanketed. Like it's not always Irv Smith. It's not always a three yard route. Sometimes it's a two yard route. Sometimes it's a four yard route, but Kirk loves to just take that check down because that's where his last read takes him. Um, I think he's just kind of letting himself get to that last read. Maybe not even. Okay. Looking up the field. I'm not going to have enough time to watch that first read develop. Um, probably not the second read either. Let me get over to the third. Nope. Okay. Let's throw the check down. Um, He's hung in a couple times this year, but you're starting to see it more and more. Um, he's the check down king. And, and I think like you see some of that um, through three weeks here, you'd, you'd hope it, it, it goes away in, in the next few weeks. I just want to say like he was top 10 in yards per attempt last year at seven and a half. Um, and now he's 27th at 6.4. So like you can say this is always Kirk Cousins, but it's worse. Like it's significantly worse. He's usually not that bad in this area. And now he's, through the weeks, he's one of the worst in the NFL. Like it's Jacoby Brissett, Joe Flacco, Daniel Jones territory. Like I almost kind of wondered too, is like, is this dude just 34 years old? Um, I mean, he is 34 years old, but are we starting to see that come to fruition? Because this is, you can make fun of Kirk for checking down, but he also mixed it in with enough shots where like his yards per attempt was pretty good in the past. Um, you know, he was in the same territory as Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady last year, and now he's not in that territory whatsoever. Maybe that's receivers dropping off. Um, maybe that's – I don't know. Um, but it's pretty alarming in what was supposed to be kind of the opposite with this new offense. So a lot for Kevin Connell to figure out in that passing game um, and different ways to try to fix this. But uh, I think the answer is C.J. Ham. You think the answer is Justin Jefferson? And we'll, we'll, see which, we'll see what ends up being the, the way to go. All right, we're going to get to back to the, uh, to the defense after the break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. 